everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the awkward middle way, truth intention, with the examples of bonfires, ice cream cones, and trampolines. When my friend Rachel invited me over to her family harvest party, I really didn't think anything of it. I hadn't been around any of the people in my old church or cultic organization for, gosh, probably five years. I was out. I was going to college. I was actually engaged to my wonderfully opposite husband. Life was just completely different. So as I headed over to Rachel's house on that beautiful fall evening, the last thing on my mind was that I was going to be running into people who used to know me. And yet, there I was. The first hint that this might not be a normal evening was as I was walking along the lawn and I came across a family that used to go to church with us. And the wife in her head covering and skirts looked at me and just gave me this like pitying smile, like, oh, honey, we should try and convert her. And as I looked around at the different people there, I suddenly recognized a lot of them. And I was like, oh, um, this is awkward. Maybe they won't recognize me. Maybe they'll just think I'm a worldly soul in need of, you know, conversion or something like that. Maybe I can just hide in the semi-darkness and nobody will know who I am. And uh, it was all going well, very well, actually, until my friend Rachel decided to make it not go so well. So there I was sitting across the bonfire from a former mother that I used to know. And I was just minding my own business, getting warm, until Rachel said, Hey, Mrs. So-and-so, you remember Christy Mills, don't you? And this woman looked up, and I have never felt such an icy stare. And she swept me from the tips of my jeaned feet to the top of my short haircut with this just judgmental condemnation. And I managed to smile awkwardly and say, um, Hello, Mrs. So-and-so, uh, how, how are you? It was lovely. But you know what? Sometimes I still feel like I'm getting those glares across the bonfire. But this time, it's not coming just from my conservative people that I used to grow up with. It's coming from both sides. And I don't know if you've ever felt this, where you just don't really fit in with either opposing group. Like, I no longer fit in with the conservative evangelical church. However, I'm definitely not a liberal progressive. And so here I am in this just awkward middle place with both sides staring at me and wondering what I'm doing. And I think that one of the people that probably feels this the most is an author named David Bennett. And he is Australian, but currently in school in Oxford. And he wrote a book last year called A War of Loves, the unexpected story of a gay activist discovering Jesus. And David definitely made some people upset. I mean, the conservatives were mad at him because he still called himself a gay Christian and identified with the LGBTQ community. And the more progressive liberal people were mad at him because he believes in an orthodox biblical view of marriage and sexuality. And so he is choosing to be celibate right now. And so he just ruffled people and made waves and sat there in this awkward middle way that we're going to kind of just explore today. Like, how can we hold to orthodox biblical truths and values and yet 
be people of love and grace? And is that possible? And what does that look like? We are really good at extremes. We are good at choosing sides. We are good at us versus them kind of thinking and black and white. And we're really terrible at finding middle ground. We're really terrible at truth intention. So what does black and white thinking look like? I want to read you guys a little story that I have on one of my blog posts and kind of give you a little example of what black and white looks like. So here we go. It's the middle of the afternoon on a warm, sunny day, and you are feeling hungry. Across the street, you see an old-fashioned ice cream shop that advertises 36 flavors of homemade ice cream. You begin to dream of fresh waffle cones, and your mouth starts watering. Quickly crossing the street, you open the door to the sweet tinkle of a bell. There, in all their homemade glory, 36 beautiful containers of ice cream rest in a case beside a glass window. The shop is quiet. You don't really notice the tables of silent people hunched over their bowls of ice cream because your eyes are focused on the menu. How in the world are you going to choose? Maybe they will let you have more than one kind in your cone. You approach the case and stare dreamily at the swirls of fudge, raspberry, and peanut butter. You pause to gaze at the creamy green circle of mint chip. Then you hear a voice. Would you like chocolate or vanilla? You look up from the ice cream case to see the attendant staring at you. Puzzled, you wonder if you heard them right. Uh, excuse me? Do you want chocolate or vanilla ice cream? They ask again. You are confused. There are 36 different flavors of ice cream. Why do they want you to choose between chocolate and vanilla? The attendant is still staring at you. You should pick chocolate. We all eat chocolate ice cream here. In fact, only bad people choose vanilla. Now you're really confused. But I was hoping for mint chocolate chip, you stammer. Mint chocolate chip is basically vanilla, and you can't have vanilla. Only stupid people eat vanilla. How about chocolate? You don't really like chocolate ice cream, but you are starting to feel intimidated. Mackinac Island fudge, you ask slowly. It's got chocolate in it. That's vanilla ice cream, the attendant shrieks. Vanilla ice cream is bad. Only terrible people eat vanilla ice cream. What is wrong with you? Butter pecan, you whisper. The attendant stares at you and glares. In a cold voice, they slowly say, If it's not chocolate, then it's vanilla. Vanilla is evil. Ice cream has lost its appeal and you turn to leave. So guys, that's just a crazy story that I wrote, but it's kind of just an example of this black and white thinking. Like there's 36 flavors of ice cream, but you can only choose these two. And that's how we are. Like we have this idea of like, there's this option and there's that option, and that's it. And you can't have both and you can't have anything else. But that is not truth. That is just how we are as human beings. It's very easy for us to become these black and white people. But that is not God. So what is tension theology? I've kind of been referring to this in the last couple of episodes, and it's something that my church talks about a lot. Tension theology is the idea that we have two opposing truths that we're holding on to, two things that seem to be opposites, and yet we're going to hold both of them in tension as we move forward in our Christian faith. So to give an example, another story, my pastor was sharing a story about his trampoline he was trying to set up. And somebody had provided his family with a used trampoline. Their kids were done with it. And they said, if he wanted to come get it, he could He could get it. So he came and got the trampoline. And he managed to set up the frame. But there really wasn't any directions on how to set up the trampoline. And he really hadn't done it before. So he just starts connecting the springs. So he just sticks the first one in. And he just goes around. And he's putting more springs in. And the farther he gets, the harder it is to get these springs to connect. Until finally, he just literally cannot physically pull the springs to the trampoline. 
and he's only got half the trampoline hooked up, and the other half isn't anywhere near close enough to be able to do it. And he's pulling, and he's trying, and he literally cannot get this trampoline to connect. And he thinks to himself, they gave me the wrong trampoline. Like, it's too small. There's no possible way this is the right one. So he untakes the whole thing apart again. And then he starts to realize, huh, I wonder if I stick one on one side and one on the opposite side, if I could pull it. So he puts on the first spring, and he goes around to the other side, and he pulls, and he's able to connect to the next spring. And so then he goes halfway around, he connects one and moves across the trampoline and connects the other one. And now that he has a spring in each direction, north, south, east, and west, he is able to go ahead and connect the rest of the springs in tension. I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Like we get all on one side and the other side just doesn't even seem possible to us. But if we're able to hold two opposing truths, then we're okay. There's actually a lot of tension theology in the Bible. Like things that don't make sense. How can this be this and this? How can God be a, ga- a God of grace and truth? How can he be just and holy and loving and merciful? How can there be predestination, the idea that God knows who was going to pick him and yet free will at the same time? How can God be one God, but three persons and still one God? Like there's a lot of stuff that really doesn't make sense. And it seems like you have to just, you know, either pick one side or just say the whole thing's crazy. But truth is found within the tension because we are not the creator. We are the creature. And so what does it look like for us to sit there in this awkward place and hold two truths at the same time? Can we be people of grace and truth? Can we be willing to hold on to orthodox Christianity? I will define that term next episode. And at the same time, hold on to grace and love and mercy, and understanding. Is there a way that we can do this? Can we get rid of these traditions and Christian culture that we've created that aren't necessarily biblical, while at the same time holding on to what the Bible actually says? Can we be culturally relevant and biblically accurate? There's a lot of things to ask. There's a lot of questions. And I think a lot of it is going to just be found in this place of tension as we just, we figure it out. Like it's, It's awkward and it's hard and it's confusing and it doesn't always make sense. And people might think we're crazy and weird, but is that okay? You know, think about Jesus. When he came to earth, he was never in a comfortable place. The religious people never got along with him. And at the same time, he upheld the law and was continually telling people to go and sin no more. He was perfect at this tension theology, obviously, because he's God, but he has a great example for us because he was a human. What does this look like? How do we do this? Um, The middle way is actually a phrase from the Latin called via media, and it was used religiously in the beginning from the Anglican church. They were trying to find a middle way, the the Church of England, between Roman Catholicism and Puritanism. And so they declare themselves to be this middle way. Like we're going to find a middle way in between the extremes. And so when I think of the middle way or the awkward middle way, that's exactly what I'm talking about. In in between extremes, like how do we find the truth in between extremes? And guys, we are so good at extremes. Like I've said that before, I'm going to say it again. Look at our culture. We are so polarized and we are so good at extremes. I mean, it can be anywhere from politics to the mommy wars to... Oh gosh, everything, like everything. And there's got to be this beautiful place of balance where we can just love people and hold our opinions loosely and, you know, love and be gracious and merciful. So I'm really curious, 
What does this look like for you? What does it look like in your life? Do you struggle to find a place of balance? Are you quick to jump to sides? Are you quick to say, hey, it's me versus them. They're bad and I'm good. Like, is it an either or in your mind or can it be a both and? What does it look like for you? And maybe what are some areas that you need to reevaluate and really just think about like, how am I doing this properly? And am I willing, am I willing to listen to the other side? You know, just because we listen to somebody doesn't mean we have to agree with them. And just because we disagree with somebody doesn't mean we hate them. Like those are silly things that our culture tells us right now, but it's not true. You can love people and you can disagree with them and you can listen to their ideas and respect them and disagree with them. And you can, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay. And we can take things from people. It's easy for us to think that our perspective is like the only way that's right, but it's just our perspective. And we're like a fallen, broken person. And if we're going to have truth and accuracy, we need lots of perspectives. We need people who are completely different from us to speak into our lives so that we can say, oh, wow, gosh, I can see how you think that. And so obviously I believe the Bible should be our authority, but I don't necessarily think that's how, like how we've thought about the Bible for years is not necessarily accurate. And so I think we need to just get smart, study. There's amazing study tools available. See it for ourselves, study it for ourselves, find out what the people, the church followers have thought about this and just be smart about it. Don't just believe what anybody else is telling you. Let's be people who study, people who look, people who learn, people who are reading and not just believing everything people tell us. Let's be students of this middle way, students of the truth intention. And let's just see what that looks like. Let's see how it plays out. And let's see what kind of amazing God we find in the process. And so I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to be talking about my new name for my Christianity and uh, how I've struggled with being labeled as an evangelical Christian and what my new name is and what that looks like. And until then, guys, you just keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com for more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.